it are just, you comfortable up there? Yeah, I mean, you get into something that you love and you're going to be comfortable. Like, if it's something that you enjoy doing, I feel like anybody's comfortable with that. Um, like, getting up in front of people and talking is definitely still scares me. Um, but when you put me in this environment, I'm more at ease. Plan to fail so you won't. Production will solve all your problems. Some will, some won't. Stop whining, so what? Just hit your weekly production goal. The weekend starts now. Hey, Joey. <laughs> Why are you smiling so big? All right. Um, so usually with folks, I start out with, uh, what'd you have for breakfast? I didn't eat breakfast. That's awesome. That's exactly what I want to talk about first. Okay. Why didn't you eat breakfast? Cause I try to, uh, fast intermittent fasting. We're in the middle of Lent. Uh, does that have anything to do with Lent? Fasting does have to do with Lent, but my intention isn't because of Lent. I'm just always doing this. So we have tried out all sorts of different um, diets and things like that. Um, you've been fasting for a little bit now. Why is it something that you continue to do? Um, why do you enjoy it? Um, why do you hate it? Okay. Um, I don't know when we started that. Do you Do you recall? I don't I mean, we've been at it maybe six months or so on a consistent basis. We'd heard about it before, but um, it wasn't anything that we'd really tried on a consistent basis. So I don't know all the like scientific reasonings behind it besides the, you know, the generic like how it's supposed to benefit you health wise on a number of different levels. Um, but Three, like you said, we've done a ton of different types of diets, and the reason I tried this one was basically because you kind of talked me into it, because I was not looking forward to not eating, because I enjoy eating, but what with getting kids ready in the morning, getting them fed, and then me trying to figure out what I'm going to eat and when I'm going to eat, it was a little stressful, so eliminating that made a big big difference in just stress wise I'm not having to worry about what to eat when I'm gonna eat um so then I'm always busy you know watching the kids and stuff so that that helps a lot you know as where if I'm just sitting at a desk or something it's gonna be a lot more difficult because you're gonna just think about eating the whole time but if you're busy you don't think about eating so um yeah I mean it's been actually very very easy it's less stressful save money because you're not buying food to eat for breakfast you know that tell me about the the specifics do you fast for 24 hours do you fast for uh 16 hours and eat for eight hours um there's there's all sorts of different uh, ways to look at it which one's your favorite for you so I do 16 hours 
fasting, eight hour, eight hour window of eating, but I don't time that exactly. I just go by usually depending on what we're doing in the evening, um, you know, stop eating at supper time. Sometimes I'll have, you know, a snack in the evening before bed. So my fasting window is decreased a little bit, but I would say it's typically anywhere between 16 to 12 hours. Um, cause then I won't eat from supper time or that evening snack until after my workout at one, one thirty is when I usually get, leave the gym the next day. Um, and then by the time I get home and stuff, I don't really eat till two. So and then when you do eat, you focus more on keto type foods. I wouldn't say that you're in ketogenesis um, because that that takes a lot of really really strict mm-hmm. uh, following. But um, talk a little bit about why you choose to stay away from carbs and. How does that make you feel? Because a lot of people would say, well, I have no carbs in my diet. I'm going to crash and burn and not have any energy. Uh, So how do you feel? Um, Also, same thing with fasting. Do you mean you don't eat? Where do you get energy? Sure. Um, I think with any kind of diet, anytime you switch a diet, the first week or two is not fun. Like your body is adjusting. It's it's detoxing, whatever you may call it. Um, So that adjustment... Our transition phase is always a little rough, but after you get past that and if you stick to it, it's smooth. It seems like it's smooth sailing. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I do look forward to that meal, that first meal after fasting, but I know mentally I can push past that if I wasn't able to get a meal right away. Um, But yeah, like you said, I try to stay away from, from carbs as in, um, you know, like refined carbs, as in bread, those kind of things, grains. Uh, the carbs I do try to eat are vegetables. I don't really eat a lot of fruit. Um, just try to stay away from a lot of that sugar just because of the whole insulin response in the body with, with the sugar. But I don't think fruit is bad. I mean, if you're going to eat sugar, that's probably the best thing to, to put in your body that, that way you know, for carbs anyways. How about your workouts? The, um, you said that your first refeed or the first meal you have is after that noon workout. Mm -hmm. Um, you haven't been eating for 12 to 16 hours. Surely you have no energy to work out, right? Yeah, you'd think you wouldn't, but I think at that point, because it's at the end of your fast, from what I understand is your body is most likely in it, uh, ketosis, I think I'm saying that right. Ketogenic state, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's getting its energy from the fat in your body rather than the the glucose that you would have consumed from carbs. So you're getting the energy there. Um, yeah, like I I don't really feel I don't feel shaky. I don't feel drained. Whereas before, I had to plan like three meals before I worked out. I had to plan an intermittent. Uh, shake where like I consumed carbs in right before my workout in the middle of my workout after my workout like it was just a lot and it was just stressful on me and I just didn't I don't like that I like simplicity so that was just this is just way easier for me and I like the way I feel Um, I like my body composition with it all so 
the workout is stressful enough. You don't need yeah. to add the stress yeah. of, of planning the eating and, and all that around it uh, as well. So um, this is a, this is a unique opportunity for me to get to interview my wife on the podcast. Um, but you were pretty hesitant to do it. Um, tell me why uh, you were nervous. Well, you listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to zero. So I feel like you have a lot more expectation out of this than I do. And I don't want to be a letdown or a disappointment, I guess. Um, I also don't feel like I have a lot of interesting things to talk about or life experiences that people would really want to listen to. I guess that's mainly the main thing. So if... um you run into somebody that you haven't seen in a while, maybe you grew up with, and um, they say, hey, Jill, how's it going? Uh, what are you up to these days? Um, what do you do? How do you respond to that? Oh, just kids, yeah. I mean, they, they take up most of my time and and most of my, my day. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I basically talk about the kids and where they're at in life and then you know I kind of touch base on you know the whole CrossFit thing because we run the CrossFit gym here in Hayes and um I I would say most of my time is spent on the family rather than the CrossFit gym but yeah that's basically where my two two times or my day is split I guess is just between those two things so, growing up, um, did you have a vision of being a stay-at-home mom, or did you have a career path in mind? Did you uh, talk a little bit about um, what your mom does for a living, um, losing your dad at a young age and things like that? Um, did you see your your career path or what you wanted to do when you grew up? Um, I'm I'm unusual. I had... I had a perfect vision as to exactly what I wanted my life to look like, and, and we've kind of built that. And I got lucky enough to find somebody who um, was ready to jump on the cart and, and ride that adventure with me. But uh, did you have that same vision? No, not at all. Um, I think growing up, so I lost my dad when I was very young. Um, about I was almost three years old when he was um, killed, but... So growing up, I just had my mom and and my brother, but I never envisioned being a stay-at-home mom. I never thought about that just because it was never relative in my life, my lifestyle. I wasn't around other stay-at-home moms. Um, you know, all the people and family that in my family, like everybody worked, everybody had a job. So no, that never really crossed my mind. At 10 years old, if somebody asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up, what would you have said? Do you uh, remember? I think a veterinarian. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be a veterinarian up until I was, I think, a junior in high school, um, maybe senior. But, yeah, so I, I, always, I always envisioned having a family, being a mom, but not necessarily being a stay-at-home mom as my career. Um, yeah, like, my favorite thing to do growing up was play house, and I... You know, girls play with Barbies or, um, you know, other stuff. I loved baby dolls. Like, I played house by myself. I played house with other f 
other kids. So that was, I always envisioned being a mom and I always wanted a family. Um, but yeah, as far as like being a stay at home mom as a career, no, I didn't ever think about that even. And then when you and I started dating in high school, I remember you talking about you're you wanting your spouse to be a stay-at-home mom like and kind of talking to me about that and I was almost offended like what like that's not that's not a career that's not something to be proud of you know so now being a stay-at-home mom my views have completely turned 180 degrees on that on that sit or on that subject um, I don't want to uh, add any more pressure to this interview or to what you're feeling about this but uh i've i've interviewed my parents uh both separately on here and my mom said something to me that i didn't really cross my mind but um eventually we're gonna post this um and the scary part of the internet is that it will live on forever um so that means as our kids grow up, they'll be able to l listen back to mom and dad, and and um, so you're saying, watch what I say. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, not only that, but I mean, it'll be a cool moment in time to for them to say, you know, this is this is kind of what they were thinking and and all that. But uh, talk a little bit about you, you alluded to it earlier um, when we started dating in in high school that I kind of let you in on my dreams and my hopes for the future and you thought I was crazy and I still think I'm crazy looking back at myself um but what what was that like we've known each other since um we were maybe 10 years old uh, when you were you played soccer on my sister's team my dad was a coach and um so we we knew of each other back then we knew each other in middle school but we didn't get to know each other we weren't friends until high school um, and then we were been dating since we were juniors in high school and now we're married and we never broke up in that time so we've been together since what 2005 Four. 2004 2005 something like that 2004 yeah so you want me to talk about when we met or no no more about that that time in high school when um you were dating this 16 17 year old boy who wanted to grow up to be an insurance salesman so his wife could stay be a stay-at-home mom and I had that vision at 16 and did you think that was crazy yes and no um I guess part of me thought it was kind of crazy because I having you know my mother as just my the sole provider of our family it was I felt like I don't want to say like women in, or female empowerment or whatever that's called, but like I'm like I want to work too. Like I want to provide. I want to do something. Um, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, you're not doing anything. You're kind of put back on the on the back burner. But also on the same side, I loved the idea of how driven you were and like goal-oriented and you know, you wanted to provide and take care of the family. Whereas, you know, you see some of those people, especially young kids, you know, they don't have that goal. They don't really think about 
family at that point. They just think about themselves being more selfish. I didn't think you were being selfish at all. Even though I still felt like a woman should doesn't need to be a stay-at-home mom. But, yeah. Well, and talk about your mom, too, a little bit. Because she uh, she's pretty much self-employed. Like, she works at a, at uh, hairwear and cuts hair. But, like, she has to manage her own clients. She has to do a good job for them. She has to... She's pretty much self-employed. Um, she gets to manage her own hours and do all that. And so that had to be something, too, that you saw growing up, that she managed her own little business. And um, talk about that a little bit. I mean, she she was the, like you said, sole provider for, for you and your brother, and, and that's incredible. Um, losing her husband unexpectedly and, and being able to manage all that. Um, Talk about what you saw in her that inspired you. I guess I'm almost, I was almost naive looking back on it. Like I didn't think any, I didn't know any different. I didn't think any different. Like I just saw my mom was working to provide for our family. I didn't think, I guess I didn't look farther into it of how hard she was working, which again, that's on me. Um, You know, I, I knew she was doing all that, you know, to take care of us. Um, my brother was, is six years older than me. So from most of my memory, like when I was old enough to understand more of like jobs and careers and stuff, my brother was already out of college and not living with us. So it was just me and my mom for, you know, more like my teenage years, I should say. So, Well, and talk a little bit too about when when people think about you as a stay-at-home mom that that you don't do anything et cetera et cetera but um i i help a little bit you know i yeah you it's help not a lot. like i'm <laughs> i'm gone you know 5 days a week and and never do anything so um i think a lot of times people think that it's just you and the kids at home doing nothing all day long um, but <laughs> that's far from the truth. What does a, a typical, just a typical day look like um, for you from your standpoint? Well, um, most, I feel like I, I mean, lately you've been actually getting up before me and getting the coffee made, which, you know, is my love language. But for the most part, I, f- I get the kids up and ready, get them fed. There's one day out of the week that you're in charge of getting them breakfast. And I remember you telling me this like a couple weeks ago, like, oh, so much work getting them fed. And I was like, you only do it once a week, you know. But I think, you know, also the more you do things, the easier it is. So, yeah, when you do it once a week, it is kind of a, a chore. But, yeah, so we get them up, get them going, get them fed. Uh, now we... Like you said, you're home, um, so we take turns taking Sperry to school. She's our oldest. She's in kindergarten, um, so we're new to the whole school thing, too. We get our first kid. We only have one kid in school right now, so and just a kindergartner, so this is all new to us, first year. Um, but, yeah, we take turns taking her to school, and we live out in the country, so, you know, we got to leave our house a lot earlier than most people that live in town um, and kind of 
you know, plan around that. And so we're not taking millions of trips into town, which we end up doing anyways. But yeah, so we take whoever takes Sperry to school. The other one stays home with the kids, um, gets them kind of ready for the day. Now, when I stay home, if, if you take them to school, now I'm saying all this stuff and it's, my life sounds really boring. <laughs> but anyways, do, you know, chores around the house, laundry, which it seems like I only get one thing done anyways because our other two constantly need something. But um, Well, as soon as you get into a groove there doing something, it's almost time to pack the kids up and get ready to leave. Uh, because yeah. we got noon class at the gym. Yeah, and like like I said before, when you live out in the country, you got to plan on the drive time. So yeah, you got to leave a lot earlier. Your time at home is cut and cut short. Um, so yeah, we got noon class that we typically coach every day, or not every day, but Monday through Friday. And uh, the days that you work, usually your mom helps helps me out. You know, watching Tracer and Kimber. And my mom will help us out every once in a while. And then, yeah, like, and I guess today, you know, most days, if we're able to come into the the gym together, you know, your mom will take care of the kids. And she always texts me in the morning and asks where she can help. So she always wants to see them, which is, which is very, very nice. Very thankful for all that. Yeah, one of the the things that we're so blessed with is to to have both of our families here in town and they're always all very willing to help and and our kids have never been to a babysitter which is something that uh i thank god for every day because not everybody has that that opportunity and those blessings so it's it's a crazy world out there and and we're so blessed that we're we're able to do that um the uh the crossfit gym is a blessing and a curse, uh, something that we're we're glad to have, um, but it it's not something that we really planned uh, to be in our life. Let's go back to our introduction to CrossFit. Um, what what spurned that? What was the first thing that that attracted you to CrossFit? So I was working at the fitness center. At, the, at our rec commission, and I was the wellness, assistant wellness director. Okay, stop right there. I want to, before we dive into CrossFit, I want to rewind um, back to college. Um, when you first started college, you came in and you wanted to be an athletic trainer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, like I said, I switched from wanting to be a veterinarian to an athletic trainer, and... So I did all that. I got accepted into the athletic training program my sophomore year, and I got into it. And as I was getting into it and having to do all the clinical hours, I was just like, I don't know about this. Like, this is not a very, this isn't going to be a very family-friendly job, you know, because I still wanted to have a family and be there for the family. Um, But just finding out, and again, I was probably just naive and not looking far into it, but just finding out how much you would be gone and the hours that you would be taken away, you know, doing doing the job, um, I decided I didn't want to go down that route. So, but I still loved f- 
uh, you know, athletics and I loved fitness and stuff. So I stayed in um, the HHP de- department and I went to sports man- recreation and sports management. HHP stands for? Human health, health, hum- oh my gosh, I don't remember. Health and human health performance. Health and human performance, right? yeah. Okay. Um, so I stayed in that field and then I went to the route of recreation and sports management because I thought like yeah I'll work in the recreation department like I like that kind of stuff um still staying kind of with sports and fitness and that kind of thing not necessarily the management part I wasn't really looking into that um and then after graduation our our local recreation commission was building a fitness center Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember this, but I said you should pl- apply for the manager position. I don't remember that. No. Um, because I, I said I know, I know you can do it. I absolutely believe you can do that. And you're like, I don't want all that responsibility. Yeah. yeah and then what happened? Well, the wellness director at the time, because I was just in the recreation department you know, helping where they needed help there. Most of it was in the sports part, the youth sports, um, you know, taking care of the fields in the evenings for games and things like that. And then I would help with, like, the the programs, like the youth programs, just, again, as, you know, a side helper. And then the wellness director there asked if I wanted to help coach or, yeah, lead, like, a group fitness class. And so I took up... I took that and we started doing the group fitness classes because he was like, potentially need a assistant, you know, there'll be assistant opening, you know, so that's, I think that's probably when you maybe mentioned it because I was like, I don't want to be an assistant. I don't want to be in charge of anything. No, I remember specifically when, when the position opened up, I said, you should apply for the wellness director and even if you don't get it, maybe they'll give you an, a different position underneath. And then eventually, like you said, you taught the, the group classes and then he hired you as the assistant director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we helped help get the fitness center built and painted and you helped that with that process too. And uh, we got that going and like you said, I was the assistant. Um, and I think, gosh, I don't, I want to say it was only a year or two before I got promoted because the wellness director resigned. He had a got another job elsewhere, and so they wanted to hire kind of from within, and I took on that role. And so as the wellness director, the f- the fitness center there, and um, that oh no, I guess we're talking back before when we got CrossFit. Okay, so when I was the assistant. Ben, who was the wellness director, had been doing CrossFit on the side and kind of with some of his group classes. And he was just like, hey, come over and do this this CrossFit workout with me. And I was like, well, whatever. Like, I'm doing P90X. Like, I, I can handle this, you know. So it killed me, though. Like, the first workout we did, I think it had pull-ups in it and something else. And I was using, like, the assistant pull-up machine that, you know, you put the weight in and it takes off your weight, your body weight. So it's a lot easier. But anyways, yeah. So that's where it started just doing a workout in the fitness center there and I fell in love with it like growing up I I did sports I loved competing um and this kind of was my way of competing again 
without, you know, having to be a part of a sports team or a sports um, group and a specific sports, you know. So, yeah, and we loved working out. So it was the sport of fitness. It was fun and just kind of fell in love with that. And, like, that was where my passion lied in the fitness world was was that and kind of sparked from there. And we got my uh, friend from my childhood friend. She came back from, I think, Texas or Oklahoma. I don't remember where she was living, Charlie, at the time. And she, we started, you know, getting a good group of people at the gym that wanted to do CrossFit. So we did, kept doing CrossFit. And um, then she wanted to kind of open up her own little gym and do solely CrossFit there. Before we jump into that story, um, talk a little bit about being promoted to wellness director. Um, so I kind of predicted that that would happen. Uh, I knew it was something that you'd be good at. Um, but talk a little bit about some of the responsibilities that that we did there at the rec commission that weren't our favorite activities, but it just kind of came with the job, uh, 5k races and things like that. Um, and just kind of our struggle with our, our passion of CrossFit, but having to do, uh, some of this other stuff that, that wasn't really, uh, what we enjoyed. I guess I, being there and like just seeing people kind of come in and do their thing on, on the machines and stuff. And I'm not saying that this is bad at all. Um, but like I said, my passion moved in a different direction and I saw something that was better. I mean, in layman's terms that you could be doing this better and quicker and more efficient than the you know the boring old treadmill and leg press machines and stuff like that and again I'm not saying that that's bad um so just doing that and then you know like the races and stuff like that as I started growing more into the getting more into CrossFit I was just being pulled apart from the other the other modalities of fitness and I was focusing more on the CrossFit because, again, that's just where my heart was. And so I didn't – I stopped enjoying the other parts, and I wanted to do more CrossFit. So – and I couldn't do that with that that job. Um, So we – we, I guess – I don't know how far you want me to go into this. No, you're you're fine. Um, Yeah, so uh, like you said, Charlie wanted to – start her own little, uh, functional fitness arena. And, um, we were the arena. only, we had already gotten our, our CrossFit certifications to, to coach and she was signed up, but, uh, she kind of got the ball rolling for us. So we helped her out and, um, and things just started, started moving and growing and, and well, we were enjoying, we it. were pregnant too mm-hmm. with, with Sperry at the time. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's where I was going. Um, so talk a little bit about working at the rec commission and you weren't, you weren't really enjoying it. And I, I would tell you all the time, honey, I got this. Um, I'm doing well with insurance. You can quit whenever you want. And you said, well, I'm, I'm able to work. I'm going to continue to work until we have Sperry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's something that I, I look up to you for because, 
like you you alluded to earlier, um, I had that drive that I wanted to take care of the family and be the sole pro- provider. Um, but like you said, a lot of kids these days are are ready to look for their way out. They're ready to be retired already or, or not have a job or not contribute or whatever. And you easily could have said, okay, you said, you said you got this. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go home and sit on the couch cause I'm pregnant and kind of take the easy way out. And you didn't, you continue <laughs> to work up until, I mean, would you leave two weeks before Sperry was Born? I think so. It would. It was the end of February. She was born in March. Yeah, I think it was right at the end of February because like, w- she was due in March. And I think, you know, Roger and I kind of came to the agreement like there's no reason to pay me or keep me on the job there for two weeks in, in a month, you know. So, yeah, I think we – I resigned and um, I think I was unemployed for – well, I guess I'm still kind of unemployed, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, so I stopped that career a few weeks before our first child was born. Um, and yeah, so we decided, you know, we I was going to be a stay-at-home mom at that point, even before she was born. And that's why I resigned from the rec, mainly. It wasn't, it wasn't because I wanted to start a CrossFit gym. That's not the reason I resigned from the rec. It was just be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, from the outside who maybe didn't know what was going on um, may have said, you know, oh, they're, she's resigning to start a competing gym, and that that's, couldn't be mm-hmm. further from the truth. Um, we There was some, I think there was some talk, because you would get off work at the rec commission, mm-hmm. and we would go down to our new gym that we were helping Charlie yeah. run. Um, which wasn't even ours at the time. It was more, we were helping a friend out and then, yeah, it morphed into something that we own now. But, um, you might talk a little bit about that. It was, it went from, we're helping a friend out to we're owning it with her. Then we're owning it with someone else. And so talk a little bit. Yeah. So again, this is just being naive because we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into, uh, we're just like, yeah, sure, we'll help, you know, be co-owners of this CrossFit gym. Like, it's not going to take up a lot of our time. Like, we can, d- I can be a stay-at-home mom still and, and you know, run this, this CrossFit gym, coach a class here and there. And, yeah, so that's kind of where that went. Whereas if I was at, you know, the rec still, I would have had to work, you know, a 9-to-5 kind of thing and 40 hours a week where if we're owners of this gym we can make our own schedule and work around our our lifestyle which we we still kind of do um to this day but yeah I think that's kind of where our mindset was on it we're like yeah sure you know this will just be like a nice little hobby job like we never looked at it as making us income I don't I didn't anyways I don't know about you but have you ever before this viewed yourself as a leader no of fitness classes no (laughs) Um, how has i still don't look at myself (laughs) as a leader (laughs) how has your but you do it day in and day out um you stand up in front of five to 15 people and run a class and organize them and you're amazing at it um 
how are you so good at this (laughs) and why are you so good at this and are you comfortable up there yeah i mean you get into something that you love and you're going to be comfortable like if it's something that you enjoy doing i feel like anybody's comfortable with that um like getting up in front of people and talking is definitely still scares me um but when you put me in this environment i'm more at ease you know uh you know, when there's a new person that comes into the gym, yeah, I'm a little like, okay, like I got to focus here on this new person and, you know, make a good impression and whatnot. And, but like sometimes I, you know, am more relaxed when it's people I know, family, um, which I should still be, you know, 100% with everybody. But, you know, as time goes on, sometimes in your day, you just kind of fall back and, well, talk a little bit about our our CrossFit family because that was something that we didn't realize. Like you said, we were naive. We didn't know what we were doing or getting into. Uh, but how have these paying customers become like our family? <laughs> they're they're my only friends, right? That I have right now. No, yeah, actually, I I mean they they share the same goals that we do as far as like fitness and lifestyle most of them and yeah you you just you connect with them and you you become best friends with them you start relationships with them you know all that kind of good stuff we know their kids names we know i mean uh, you feel comfortable leaving your kid with one of them now so yeah you just grow closer where as you know in the other fitness programs and stuff you don't you don't have that connection that you show up put your headphones on do the work and go home and don't even know each other's names and yeah you create you create a family here and it's really cool it's really cool to see how has crossfit changed your mind and opened your mind to new opportunities or proved to you that there's you can do something now that you didn't think you could do before oh this is where I'm not so good with the words. Um, I got one for you. Talk about being pregnant and doing CrossFit. You've had three babies. You've done CrossFit with all three of them. Surely that's dangerous, right? Um, n- obviously not, <laughs> since our kids are perfectly healthy. Um, yeah, I guess... You just, you learn more about yourself and what your body's capable of and where your limits are. Um, You know, I'm just. (laughs) Well, there's a misconception that that pregnancy is maybe bad or it uh, you didn't plan that one or whatever. Uh, anybody wants to say about it or, oh, don't pick that up. That might be too heavy because you're pregnant. Um, and then you come into the gym and power clean, you know, 85 pounds and you're pregnant. Well, I was doing it before I was pregnant. So that's one thing. Um, I wouldn't recommend somebody who's 30 weeks pregnant and has never done any of that kind of stuff come in and do that. You wouldn't, that's, you wouldn't do that. But, um, I think it's just society and maybe I don't know if it's just American society that's this way. I don't know how there are in other countries, but 
I think we look at pregnancy as a disability um, or, and it is harder for sure. Like doing just the things you do when you're not pregnant, it's a lot harder when you're pregnant and there's things you can't do. But um, I don't think, I don't believe that being sedentary is healthy especially when you're pregnant and carrying a child and growing a child. Um, I think I always believe strong mamas, strong babies, but do it smartly. And like I said, just listen to your body. And and yeah, we want to be sensitive. We know that this isn't possible for everyone out right. there. Yes. But I mean, our doctors and our nurses all said, keep doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And what what's one of the, the biggest things that you recommend? Because uh, we've also, you're not the only pregnant crossfitter we've had um what what's the number one thing that you um make sure that the the newly pregnant mamas know when they are doing crossfit while they're pregnant the the biggest thing is you know that intensity factor um so as most like anybody that looks at at crossfit um you know, they see that, that high intensity part of it. Well, when you're pregnant, your goal is different. Um, you're not in it, you're not working out to, to go fast or increase your intensity. You're there to, you know, stay healthy and move. So I always tell them, you know, just make sure you can, you can communicate while you're working out, make sure you can carry on a conversation with somebody. So yeah, the intensity is a lot lower, but you're still moving. You're still doing functional movements. You're still, um, you know, staying healthy while you're pregnant, but you know, you lower that, that intensity level quite a bit and it, it keeps, the intensity keeps decreasing as you become farther along pregnant. So it's almost like you're regressing the whole time. Um, and then, you know, you have the baby and there's all that time off. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of different levels there while you're pregnant, while you're postpartum, while you're getting back into it, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we've had, like you said, we've had a lot of, um, pregnant ladies work out with us. It's not weird. Um, you know, we encourage it, especially our current members, you know, um, we want them to stay stay healthy, stay fit, as long as you're able to, like you said, that not everybody can do this. Um, everybody's pregnancies are different. There's different scenarios in all of them. Um, but yeah. Our first baby was C-section. Um, the next two were not, they were, um, VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean, which is, um, unusual in our area, which we understand is not unusual everywhere. Um, but do you think that CrossFit had anything to do or any, um, level of weight on your mind? Yeah. Well, not only on that decision, but when you're in labor, you know, you're like, well, this isn't as bad as Fran or, you know, did any of that cross your mind or it was way worse than or is Fran. It the opposite? Like, Hey, now that I've given birth no workout no, is nearly as hard as those that's things. It, yeah. There's n- no workout has ever been as hard as giving birth. Um, why are we going into these details right now? But everybody loves details. Um, talk about VC. Um, she said, I know Chris has had told me, uh, that 
if it weren't for CrossFit, I don't, yeah. she, CrossFit made her pregnancy so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I don't really know. I don't know different because I have been, I CrossFitted during all three of my pregnancies. I always joke that I've done CrossFit longer pregnant than I haven't. But, um, so there are women I know that have been pregnant that get, uh, give birth and that never did CrossFit. And then like in their later, um, pregnancies or other kids that they've had, they do CrossFit and they said it makes a world of difference. Um, and I think that just goes with any kind of working out. I think it's going to, any kind of fitness is going to help with pregnancy, help with labor and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, going back to your question about choosing to do a do v-back after um cesarean and meant like just my my mental strength there I feel like CrossFit had a big part in that um just because I've learned to push past uncomfortableness and you know just some of those where you think you're limited at you know you can always get better and just mentally strong yeah well, and also the the societal pressures of, you know, you've got this belly and people are talking to you and, well, we're going to do V-back on this baby. And they're like, oh, my God. So dangerous. Don't do that. Yeah. It's the same thing with CrossFit, you know? Yeah, that's oh true. Oh, my gosh, you do Cross-fit, you're yeah. going to get hurt. You yeah. know, it's all the same things, but we're used to dealing with that type of criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it was just par for the course. Yeah, and it's, you know, you do the research on it. Most people that, you know, say CrossFit's dangerous or V-backs are dangerous, they just, they're uneducated on it, basically. Talk a little bit about um, raising kids in the CrossFit culture, because obviously lifting weights for kids is a, is dangerous and they shouldn't do it and it's going to stunt their growth and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you and, and Maddie went to get uh, certified to coach CrossFit kids. Uh, mm-hmm. We've ran multiple uh, classes through that Um I'm excited to um, raise kids in this culture of you can do anything. Yeah, I th- well, our kids are in a different lifestyle because they don't know any different. They've they've always known this CrossFit, and they've always known us to work out. And you know, we bring them to the gym with us, and they're they're messing around and working out and doing stuff and it's just it's basically just keeping your kids active um i'm not saying every kid needs to do crossfit like just keeping your kids active because especially in this day and age there's so many um distractions and it's easy to just sit and you know stare at those ipads and those tablets and the tv and the phone um but i think it's funny how i guess parents want their kids to to succeed and be healthy so you'll see so many parents try to get their kids active and into or um, groups and organizations you know sports or you know some kind of fitness thing but they're not doing it they're they're not leading by example so we're trying I guess trying to lead by example like how just showing our kids how important this is and that it's normal it's not weird and I I don't I'm getting far off the subject here but yeah anyways CrossFit 
um, so yeah, CrossFit Kids that we got certified in. Um, it just kind of taught us, you know, different ways to approach kids for fitness and, you know, how to make it relatable to them and how important it is, you know, whether it's social or physical, how important fitness is for kids. Well, and the, the biggest point that I took away from it and that you've taught me is, is there's no lifting of weights. Um, I think that's everybody's fears. We're going to load up a barbell and, and make them pick it up. And, and it's just, once you watch class or once you help out with class and see, they're just kids having fun yeah. and we're playing games. And yeah, they're doing it with a heavy medicine ball or something like that, but they don't see it as an exercise or as working <clears throat> out. They're playing tag. They're throwing balls at each other. They're going to go up and pick up that, that heavy thing once or twice and then run around. And, and it's just, it's fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, you just show them that being active is fun and you put them in a, f- a fun environment and they strive and they get excited and yeah we keep them unloaded um you know we wouldn't we wouldn't get a have a three-year-old be lifting a barbell or anything like that so yeah it comes with maturity and age before you introduce those weights to kids you know so i've got a few kind of quick quick draw quick answers uh questions for you here if you were um able to time travel and your 80 year old self showed up in this room right now what do you what advice do you think your older self would give you right now oh geez I'm not good at these um I would say probably just to lighten up not be so uh type a I want to say maybe um yeah, cause and I've I've my standards, if you want to call it that, have definitely decreased since having children. Um, but I know I'm still have a vision of where they should be going and how I should be doing stuff. And I think, you know, that's probably in the end not important. You know, what's what's one experience that you've done that you think everybody should try at least once, or what's something that you hope to try someday in the future that you haven't done yet. Like I think skydiving would be cool. I'm scared of heights and I don't think you want me to skydive, but, um, what's something that, that you've done that you're like, Oh my gosh, you have got to try X. I would say, I would say scuba diving, but I would never do that again. Like I have bad ears. So like, it was just super scary for me. But once we got down there and scuba dived in the ocean in like the reefs and stuff, it was amazing. And I'm glad I did it. Like I said, I wouldn't do it again. But I think if people are able to have that opportunity, they should take it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably. How about books? I know you're in the middle of the. Um Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones series. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a book that you'd recommend, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, if there's something that, um, like, you've had three babies, and you, I know you read What to Expect When You're Expecting. Uh, you know, yeah, would you recommend that one? Is no. it a waste of time? Um, yeah, see, I like fiction books. I love fiction books. Um, it's hard for me to pick up a nonfiction book. I have to force myself to do that. Um So, but I did, so my family, my ancestors wrote or have a, have books written about them and 
I read those and I loved them. Like I love past, um, like history and things like that. I love reading things like that. So I would say if you can find something maybe along those lines, I don't know. Do you have any quotes or sayings or mantras that you'd like to keep around? Mm. You can say no, it's fine. No, I remember the one I had on my iPad or what was it, iPod. If it ain't got twang, it ain't my thing. <laughs> no, I don't have a th- I don't have a quote, no. That's awesome. Um, what's one to two things that people could do over the next week that you think would have a drastic impact on their lives? Find a, find a CrossFit gym if you don't have one. Like seriously, I'm not just saying that because I love CrossFit. Um, I think everybody that's done it has it's changed their lives in some way. Um, at maybe the, at the very least, you can go to CrossFit.com. Everything there is free. Watch the videos, do the w- exercises. I would say if you're part of a church or something, maybe like a a Bible study or a Bible study group of some sort. I think those would probably be good. We got to close up here in a second. I'm going to give you the last question because it's a hard one and let you think about it. What do you want your personal legacy to be? What do you want people to say about you? I don't like these (laughs) questions, Tucker. What what do you want your kids to remember about you when you're gone? Um, Probably all the time I played with them and spent with them and not the, I guess, that, yeah. Stop by oneanddonetraining.com. Was always there That's for the me. number one, A-N-D-D-O-N-E, training.com. Thanks so much. There sure. you'll find our blog, media mm-hmm. library, and ongoing no. training to help <laughs> with <laughs> your final over. expense yep. career. No, we don't ever have Thanks. to do we'll that. see you there. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>